Warning, the BroCR Supercast contains adult content, explicit language, and questionable judgment about the sport of obstacle course racing. You've been warned. We tried. We did it. We tried. Welcome to the BroCR Supercast. It's like a podcast, but also super cool. Now let's dive into the mud and see what's going on this week in the world of obstacle course racing. And welcome to the Supercast, episode seven. But one. <laughs> what? I said seven, but kind of one. Seven, but kind of one. So on this awesome episode of the Supercast, <laughs> we're doing something a little different, Leah. We are. We are doing, we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks now, um, the idea of a Brociar roundtable. Um, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking to you guys, kind of bantering back and forth, just kind of me and Jacob. And figure you're probably sick and tired of hearing just us. So we brought Dennison once. <laughs> we wanted to bring some other people here um, into a discussion. Um, we would like to bring you guys these, you know, at least once a month or so and, and get some people in the field and also outside of our sport to kind of talk about some hot topics. Um, this week, I'm super excited for our first episode. We've got Woo. two people joining us. Um, first of all is, um, Dennis Welch. We talked with Dennis a couple weeks ago. Um, Dennis, for those of you guys who don't know, is one of the most prominent OCR coaches at this point, um, coaches several different elite athletes. Um, and then, yeah. And then as far as elite athletes go, we also have Ryan Atkins here on the line. He also is known to get around. <laughs> so we've got Dennis and Ryan, um, and like I said, the, the, the goal is here to kind of have a discussion. And what prompted this particular episode um, was a post that Dennis had made um, earlier this week. And hopefully technologically inclined Jacob can figure out a way to either copy and paste or link it for those of you guys who haven't seen it. Um, but basically, uh, for those who haven't, Dennis basically listed some kind of pitfalls and some negative traits I would say that some common mistakes athletes fall fall into you want to kind of talk about it, Dennis yeah so obviously I just posted uh you know the post about I think it was 10 different things that you know the different type of athletes and I kind of you know gave them names you know um like Instagram Betty kind of or something along the lines of that but of booty you know, pick that just get caught up in, you know, the, the pitfalls of, you know, competing on either a high level or even just basic level. Um, it doesn't really seem to matter if it's an elite athlete or just a mid packer back of the packer. I think everybody kind of does it the same, you know, and uh, Ryan responded back with, you know, well, what would be the, you know, traits of a good athlete or something that a good athlete might, um, you know, you know have and what would those traits would be so we brought him on to discuss that and just kind of maybe pick his brain on what he thinks and you know athletes he's learned from over the years yeah so okay so i guess (laughs) ryan give us your opinion on you know what makes you know i'm sure you hear all the time oh well you're just superhuman ryan or you're just not like us and 
you know, what do you think are some of the traits that you possess and other elite athletes possess that separates you guys from, you know, everybody else? Well, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think that, I think that first of all, anyone who says that, you know, someone who is succeeding at, you know, the top of their sport, um, doesn't have some kind of, um, genetic advantage is like fooling themselves. I like, I I think it's really like, it's kind of like, um, kind of cool. And I, I think Hobie call said this a couple of years ago that he was like extraordinarily average and he just works extra hard and like, yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's nice to say. And that's really inspiring for people, but I, I don't really think that's true. I think that there's a lot of people who work really hard and that, that like, unfortunately there is a genetic component to performing at the highest level. Um, there are, you know, a multitude of other factors that go along with it. And um, I think we can touch on those, but yeah, I think anyone who's, who thinks that like, Oh, I just work harder than anybody else. So therefore um, I do better. I think that that's uh, kind of delusional. Um, um, yeah. To touch on, I mean, to touch off. on that, <laughs> and that's not, not, not just with sport. I mean, you know, that the movie Goodwill hunting a few years back with Matt Damon and stuff. I mean, perfect example. I mean, people are just born to do certain things sometimes. I mean, my brother's a m- amazing musician, learned to play the piano on his own at like four years old. Um, and I couldn't play shit to save my life, you know, but I was a good athlete. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it was just natural. I mean, I just could run from the time I was young. I mean, I, and then of course you apply a little bit of training to that and it just made me that much better, you know? Totally. I think that that, you know, yeah. I think yeah, it's I... awesome that you are recognizing that because I think, you know, how often do we all hear, you know, uh, go beast mode and I just have to be the hardest worker in the room and no one's going to outwork me. And, you know, the idea that you spend six hours in the gym beating yourself to the ground and suddenly you're going to be the best. Well, Ryan, right. for instance, probably. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was saying that I think that's a great kind of segue into like some of the other points that Dennis brought up, you know, um, like people ask me sometimes, like, what do you do for training? Like I have a Strava account that's public and like people can go on there and see what I do. And like, um, yeah, literally anyone could just kind of pick up and do exactly what I do. And it doesn't mean you're going to have the same results as I am. And I think that's, I mean, that's one mistake people make. They think that, Oh, if I, I'll get B, but there's a lot of other factors. There's the fact that, you know, that I've been training for years and years and years. And there's the fact that everyone responds differently and there's just you know, a myriad of things that kind of go into it um, that a lot of people don't don't want to uh, accept or recognize, I guess. Well, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, when I was in high school, like one of my idols was Jim Ryan, who was like one of the, you know, premier milers back in the day. And in the high school, he ran like a 355. And I found some obscure, like, you know, book or something that, you know, was four weeks of his training and workouts. And I tried to do every one of them for four weeks when I was in high school. And it almost killed me. I mean, you know, so like, you know, obviously I was dying, right. you know, I was 16, 17 years old, but like to try to emulate somebody and do something and not to mention though, like it brings on the fact that to follow what you're doing now, I mean, isn't following what you did 15 years ago. I mean, you've built yourself up too. So 
if someone was to take the Ryan Atkins book of 2018 and try to mirror it, most people would die because, well, they just don't have every other physiological adaptation that you've developed over the last 20 years of your life to be at that point to even start, you know? I think you, I think you deemed that the, Ooh, I like that athlete. Yeah. And, and that's just a hot well, it's a, it's a hodgepodge. It's basically like, you know, the potpourri of like training where people go, Ooh, Hunter posted this day. I'll do Hunter's workout. Oh, Ryan posted this day. It's going to be completely different, but I'll do that. And it's just, it's, it, it's nothing based on what your own goals are. I mean, Ryan might go out and like scheme over right. eight hours and Hunter might go to the gym and like do nothing but like kettlebell swings for an hour. So it's, two completely different types of training that don't really pair well together. Well, and yeah, I think totally. that speaks to the sport in general that, you know, you, you compare, you know, two athletes at the top of their game here and it's completely different games, but yet they're OCR athletes. And, and I think that's, I think that's one of the biggest points. That's one of the hardest points here with OCR as we've discussed many times before, but like, you have this bracket of OCR, right? So you've got guys that, and you know, I, I think Atkins, I think you're a great guy on the shorter distance too, but I think you really shine on that long distance stuff in many, many cases right. where you see guys like Hunter that can maybe do like we've seen now the million dollar mile where he's doing pretty well. And that's literally just a mile. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. You know, but it takes a different breed of athlete like there. You need the explosive muscles. You need the mm-hmm. fast twitch where you might need something long sustained in, in a case where you're competing in a 24-hour endurance event. The hard part with our sport right now is yeah, totally. it's a blanket over all of it. Yes, there's never been. Yeah. There's not a lot. You know, you had TMX there for a while and stuff. You have stadium a little bit here and now still. But for the most yep. part, there's not been a ton of separation based on the type of athlete. So. You would never see Usain Bolt go and run against Kip Koji in the marathon. I mean, exactly. it would never exactly. happen. Um, so you have the two fastest runners on the planet. One just happens to do it for, you know, nine and a half seconds for 100 meters. Another one does it for two hours, you know, and one minute for 26 miles. Could either one of them ever merge to the other? Probably not in a lifetime because they're completely developed different. They, it's going to take a long time. They've worked their whole life. But now middle of the ground <laughs> athletes in terms of where ryan could kind of shift either way if ryan decided to give up endurance and go specifically tmx in a year or two he could probably be on the high level of a crossfit athlete but oh he's it hard. would take it would take work and it's just something that he's not necessarily interested in so yeah you know but but in those are well everybody wants to just jump in and do everything and see i think that's another instance and i don't want to say anything negative about it but um amelia boone we see instances like that where you suddenly you jump over to, I'm just going to start doing a hundred mile trail races. Yeah, of course. And I mean, the body injury needs time to develop, you know? Yeah. I mean, and we can take this right into the next conversation yeah, totally. with, like, you know, with Ryan is, I mean, we know for the most part, I mean, Ryan's background, but you know, what got him started in that? I mean, you know, he was before he was, you know, everybody in 2013 was like, who's this Atkins guy came out of nowhere and wins world's toughest mutter and whatever. And it's like, he didn't come out of anywhere. I mean, it, it wasn't like he just showed up one day. He just showed up in OCR one day, but you know, you do your research and he was, you know, championship level, high level mountain biker, you know, uh, unicyclist, um, unicyclist God. <laughs> and, and, 
And now, Rocky, did you actually did you run in school or anything in high school, college? Or did, I mean, you didn't really come from a running per se background, but you've always been a because even even several years ago when no. you first came on the OCRC, and I remember I think you did a 10k and ran like high 31 or something, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I ran 32. Yeah, minutes so like for the 10k, not chump change. I mean, it's not um, like you just like no, but. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, when I started doing, uh, all, like all my life, I've always kind of run, but never um, competitively. Like I was always fast in grade school and um, things like that. And I was the kind of person who I would just, if I needed to go somewhere, I would just run there. Like if I needed to go to <laughs> school, I, I would did, run yeah. to school. Or if I needed to like go to class in university, I would like run to class. Or if I needed to like... If I was, like, uh, in first year university when I was, like, I'd be, like, at a bar and I'd, like, need to run home. And it was, like, <laughs> seven or eight kilometers and I would, like, just Which run is home. way easier doing the bus, um, by the way. Which is not so, I mean, like, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> so, like, that's just kind of, like, what I did. But, I mean, I was always focused on, like, cycling or other sports. Yeah, and, I mean, would you say that, like, so, obviously, you, you have the physical abilities and, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, anybody would be stupid to say that doesn't take some level of physical ability and natural ability, but you've seen the transition from sport to sport that kind of isn't the same. So obviously unicycling is nowhere really near mountain biking because unicycling, you pretty much went downhill mostly mountain biking. You did everything and then you get into OCR and everything else. And you've seemed to do pretty, I mean, you're in skiing and schemo and you do well at anything you do for the most part, do you think a lot of that's mindset in the sense that you just are willing to, one, study and research and do the type of training needed to get better at that and then obviously build the training program around that to be successful? Whoops. Yeah. Did we lose you? I'm back. Might have lost Ryan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Serious. Sorry about that. No problem. So did you hear the question, Ryan, or no? What? Lost were, me again. Were you guys were you guys asking something or Yeah, yeah no, I, I like totally so, cut out so, for like thirty seconds there. Yeah, so essentially what I was saying was what we what you talked about earlier with the talent and the natural ability, you you've clearly got that. You know, it's kind of a gift that you've got. You know, from God with endurance or whatever. But what do you think from the mental standpoint that has allowed you to transition from sport to sport? Um, would you say that's just as much, if not Hello? more, so than physical? Hello. Oh, goodness. Uh, we're losing Ryan. I don't know. Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So Dennis was basically asking, you know, aside from the physical attributes that obviously, you know, you've been working hard for over the years and then, you know, the natural talent that you have, what do you think separates mentally for your, your ability to, you know, kind of transition from one sport to the other sports? Um. Yeah, I think that that's, a, like, I think that, the mental side of things is, you know, the most important side of um, athletics uh, for sure. I think that, I think that like 
taking sport seriously, but not taking yourself too seriously is really important. And I think that also like trying to kind of maintain a healthy uh, long-term perspective on competition is like super important because a lot of guys will get really psyched up for a season or two and then things won't go their way and they'll kind of like get bummed out. And I think it's, it's a long process and there's like, there's a lot of ups and downs and um, you know, you get faster and you get slower and you get fitter and you get injured and um, it's, it's a long, it's a long game. And um, yeah. So just having that kind of uh, love for the sport, passion for, you know, activity and um, being fit um, in a, like a long-term way and then doing things that inspire you. Um, to me, I've, I've like consciously made the decision before to forego specific training that I know will make me perform better at races in lieu of doing things that I really want to do because I know that, you know, it'll make me a better athlete in the long term, And it'll also make me more psyched to race, which is a valuable thing. Um, instead of just, you know, hammering out one more session on the track or whatever. And I, you so, know, it's really refreshing yeah. to hear that Ryan. Um, and this was actually one of my questions here, but I, first of all, I want to like, thank you for saying that because it's kind of exciting to hear like the season that you're in, like embrace that season fully. And right. whether like, like tomorrow, like I might not want to go and run a 5k now portions of me should, but like, or run this portion of my workout, but sometimes there's bigger things that you need to let in your life, just take a hold of, you know, you're not going to have to hit that every single PR and every single t- mile marker because that's the story of you as an athlete. And that helps grow. Totally. So my, uh, a big question for you right now, outside of the OCR world, let's forget about that place. What's one of the big things that you want to do this year? just as a person? Um, I'd say like big kind of mountain adventures. There's yeah. a adventure. There's a few. Yeah. There's a few big mountains out in the Canadian Rockies that I really want to climb um, this summer. Okay. So uh, um, they're tall. They're fairly technical <laughs> and exposed and exciting. So, um, and I do think that, you know, OCR racing and training is like one of the best ways to prepare for those things. So, I think that I'm like, it's just so, um, well, I won't say lucky because I've kind of chose it to be this way, but I think it's awesome that the two things that I love doing are complementary and, um, you know, help each other. Well, would, would you say, I mean, that's obviously, I mean, I already know the answer to this, but that that's pretty much why you and Lindsay are both like for long term, probably maybe outside of Albin, the most consistent and longest lasting in the sport so far um i i am assuming you guys you know cuddle up in your little van at the end of the night i still have you guys what's that i think he's having a rough time hearing dennis oh yeah so he can hear so you can hear me now ryan or no maybe not (laughs) dennis is asking you know do you think that you know <laughs> that the, the 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 fact that you are doing all these different things and you're not just you know laser focused on just OCR or nothing else, you know, do you think that that's why you and 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 Lindsay as well are lasting as long as you are at the top of the game? 
Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I think that, um, God, I mean, running is such a hard thing on your body, especially running like a lot of miles running on hard surfaces. It just beats you up. So being able to take off seasons and times when you do things that are, you know, not impactful, like cycling or cross country skiing or absolutely um, things like that is like so beneficial from a long-term gain. And if you just run, you know, 60 to hundred mile weeks year round, um, unless you're like one of like, I don't know, less than 1% of the population who has like the most perfect, you know, bone structure and all their ligaments are like in exactly the right spot and like nothing rubs the wrong way and their running gait is such a in such that nothing ever gets inflamed like um eventually something's gonna give and then you're gonna have to take months off and um and not only that but it's just it's just hard mentally um i find to constantly do the same thing um so yeah living in a northern climate is actually i find a big big advantage um for that because it forces you to do other things it forces you to have it off right. season well and that's what i yeah. was gonna ask you too it's like you know you you think about all of these you know top level athletes and you can rattle them off and you know yep so and so ankle pain so and so knee problems so and so oh they're battling shoulder problems you know but you don't really hear that with you and i think that you know that's another one of dennis's points on his post where these these athletes that just grind themselves to the ground and, you know, have to fight through injury and work through injury and, you know, no rest days. And then you hear about these athletes that are constantly struggling with, you know, they've peaked in their game and now they're just fighting a never ending battle of injury. You know, have you had injuries to deal with or how do you avoid that? Um, Yeah, I I have had some injuries. I think the longest uh injury that I've had was I I bruised my heel bone last summer um falling off a rock climb uh a week before Chicago and um I kind of had to limp through that race and so that took about two months to heal but that was kind of like that wasn't like an overuse injury that was like an acute Fluke. impact injury um which is actually almost better because it's not like you just can rest it um yeah i think that you know doing things like rolling and massage and stretching and i do i do agility on basically every run that i do um for about a kilometer uh part of my run and i really believe that that has helped um keep things like uh plantar fasciitis or it band um syndrome or things like that just uh, chronic runner injuries, you know, at bay. So, well, and I think, um, I think too, yeah, like the, worked out the, pretty well. The shifting, the shifting between training modalities, like that Ryan and Lindsay and stuff do on a regular basis, keeps a lot of injury at bay because um, that was kind of how I modeled my training and my programming to get through like tough long seasons. Was I would run but I wouldn't push myself all the time. And I would basically train to the point of like, uh, you know, I, I would rollerblade when I, you know, could run. I mean, I wasn't injured. I would just rollerblade instead or something. So I think right. Ryan and them doing that is a, a big thing. So you can kind of touch on that license. Ryan can't hear me, but. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure why. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, Dennis is talking about how, you know, when, when he was training, you know, he made a point to, to cross train and, and rollerblade and, you know, do other things as well to kind of avoid that overusing that you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I think that, like, another thing that, um, like, to go back to the whole mental side of things, mm-hmm. I think that... Uh, I think that, like, you can over. I think that, like, okay, over. First of all, overuse injuries. I think um, people have give this like negative rap to, but I think that, like, for a lot of people, um, like, I could kind of see them as being a positive thing because, like, say you're say you're overtraining mm-hmm. and you start getting um, something like I don't know shin splints or something like that and you have to back off your training well like yeah you're overtraining and that's you know your problem and that was your fault but but your body's finally telling yourself to heal yeah your body's telling you to slow down and to back off and that you know oh doing this number of um miles week after week (laughs) after week is too much for you whereas if they didn't have that overuse injury it could manifest in like um something else way more severe anemia or some kind of hormonal dysfunction or some kind of um like long-term uh adrenal uh fatigue things like that that um are like more internal and Mm -hmm. i think worse than uh having like a stress fracture or something where oh i have a stress fracture and now i need to rest it and it's kind of like your body's way of like resetting everything back in order so yeah i think that People who like have those manual so inju- override of a shutdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, people have those injuries. Like uh, they could see it as a positive thing. And again, that kind of relates back to mindset and how you how you perceive things. Um, so it's yeah, a really unique you're... way to look at injury, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Do you ever just get frustrated and just want to throw your hands up when you look at some of the things that? you know, your competitors are doing and you're like, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I mean, for sure I do. Um, some people that I just, yeah, <laughs> knock my head against the wall. Um, right. but conversely, <laughs> conversely, I think that, I think that the most powerful tool you can have is belief and like belief that what you're doing is right. So like, for instance, if you had two athletes and they were both, they were both doing different things, if one athlete, even if one athlete was doing something that he that may not be the best thing for him, if they like really really believed that what they were doing was going to make them like much stronger and better and perform better, um, that can be super powerful as well. So uh, it's like whether you believe what you're doing is the best thing or not, like it probably is. So um, yeah, that's kind of like another interesting like thing that I've, I've been kind of like mulling around in my brain for a little while. Um, it's definitely so yeah, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to be like a judge of everybody. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I mean, if, if, if that person really believes that like that doing, you know, 20 hours of CrossFit per week is going to make them run a 15 minute 5k and then like power to them. Like, um, I, I don't <laughs> believe that, but, but you know, that's the powerful tool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think Kimson. Yeah, totally. That's 
I think Kimson's a good example of that. I mean, you know, he believes in his methods and they yep. seem to be paying off, um, you know, and it may from another outside coach or athlete may, may look stupid. Who knows? Like, but I think like Ryan said, anybody that's willing to put in that kind of work and put in that kind of effort and believe in their self, that goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a, a huge, huge piece of it is, you know, being dedicated and being focused. I think that, you know, there's a fine line between the athlete, you know, I, I think focus is the key word with that. I think that if you are focused, you have, a you know, a specific path that you're going down and you believe this is the right path and you're consistent with your path, then yeah, I, I agree. I think right. that that's respectable. But when it crosses out over and you no longer have that focus and it's just kind of that, <laughs> willy nilly i'm gonna go do this today and i'm gonna go do that today and i'm focused on my training because i'm training every day darn it but it's not consistent and focused towards a single track i think is where a lot of you know i think that's a difference between the elite successful athlete versus the people that are just you know grasping at straws yeah just out there kind of (laughs) Um, well I think that goes back to the fact that, like, you have to know what you're doing somewhat, too. I mean, yeah, you can kind of develop your own stuff, but at the same time, I could go away and punch around on, you know, the the, the keys on a piano until I was blue Mm -hmm. in the face 30 hours a week, and I couldn't make music, you know? Right. Well, that comes to, you know, knowing that you don't know everything and knowing you need a coach. And, you know, and I've wondered that, like, especially, like, with you, Ryan, you know, do have you worked with a coach? Do you work with a coach or, you know, where, where does this come from? Um, yeah, I have worked with coaches in the past. Um, I've actually worked with Dennis a bit in some respects. He'll like kind of give me ideas for workouts, um, especially when it comes to running, uh, like flat running and things like that. Um, However, like, I kind of see a lot of the training kind of philosophies that I used uh, in cycling um, cross over really well to running. It's like, okay, uh, your pace is just basically like your power number, and then you apply that to, you know, hills um, and things like that. And, uh, you know, three minutes on, three minutes off is the same whether you're running or biking or rowing or things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. And then I also use training peaks to kind of like quantify stress, you know, load and things like that over a long term, um, which is kind of an interesting tool. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, the biggest thing is just, um, like I think with training, you're basically taking, you know, what do I need to improve? <laughs> like it, it's not. It's not crazy. It's not crazy complicated, but people like to make it that way. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do I need to improve the most? Where can like my biggest return on investment be? Um, if I want to improve my time, if I want to just be like a fit person, then that's like a totally different ball game. But if I want to like actually improve at obstacle course racing, it's like, okay, does saving three seconds on every obstacle, what's that going to give me? Or does running 10 seconds per mile faster, what's that going to give you in the course? Or, you know, running up every hill a bit faster, what's that going to give me on, you know, this type of course? So I kind of look at all those things and try to make decisions based on, you know, how much time and energy I have to spend, 
um, how I can train and how I can make improvements. And then I'll kind of program those into my training and then go from there. And all the while, like monitoring my overall like state of fatigue, um, which I do like a lot of different ways. I think my favorite is just through uh, testing and through heart rate monitoring um, and things like that. And then so, so for me and how I kind of do my training is it's, it's always kind of like a, it's always kind of like a, a bit of a moving target where um, I don't know how I'm going to feel each day when I started. I've got a kind of an idea based on previous training and based on how I've handled things in the past, but some days I'll wake up and I'll start doing intervals and I'll get like one or two in or I'll get the other day I got 40 seconds in and I was like, nope. And I just stopped Not today. going home. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> that's good to like, hear yeah, for, for, you know, yeah, who are listening that, that, to this that proves that you're real. Because you we've know? all been there. I mean, I yeah. was on the treadmill the other day being like, this is just not going to happen. And I think that, right. you know, as athletes, we beat ourselves up because it's like, well, Ryan Atkins isn't doing this. He's going anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that like, if you're like, you got to listen to your body and, um, and conversely, I've had the other thing. I've had days where I've, I've planned to run like half an hour and I start going and you just feel so good. And it's like, well, I'm not going to waste this this feeling yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna waste this like this psych and this you know excitement to push because that's like that's to me that's like a precious thing mm-hmm. it's like my currency that i work in so um yeah if i have that i'm like well man i'm gonna spend it today so uh and yeah and use it so well it's it's yeah, like, it's, just like it's, that. it's like gambling and the thing is is sometimes you double down and sometimes you know you mm-hmm. hit on you know cards that you wouldn't normally hit on you just got to play it by day and that's what people don't understand i mean they oh tempo tuesday and every tuesday i got to do a tempo and it's like mm-hmm. you don't know how you're going to feel every tuesday so base, exactly. base it on how you feel base it on you know some days you may feel like shit and you get out there 10 minutes in you're like damn i feel good go with it you know R- ride it till it bucks you you know I think that's an awesome you know a, 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 an awesome takeaway for for listeners today with this because you know, I think it's it's very easy to put, you know, all these top elite athletes on this pedestal and forget that, hey, they're human too. And, you know, we all have our struggle days and it's okay to back off of workout and lower the reps or lower the pace if it needs to be on those days. Or just call it off. Right. Yeah. So, like, to, to give you an example today. So, today um, was my off day for... Uh, for Dennis. So I'm working with Dennis right now in, in our ultra group there. And I guess kind of the way I saw it though, was like, basically my programming was, you know, have an hour of math tome training or take the day off if you need to. And I'm, I'm kind of like battling. I'm, I'm a little bit sick right now. I'm like borderline on a sinus infection. So I'm like, I don't need to be going ham or anything. I need to take a day of rest. But at the same time, I'm not moping. I'm not just sitting here like I'm being Jacob Bosecker at the end of it still. <laughs> so I went out and I, I, I meditated for like an hour and a half this afternoon and did like a bunch of like just being out in nature and just walking around and making sure I was still active and still myself. Right. I didn't sit there and like, you know, I wasn't out of my character. I was still somewhat healthy for myself and I was maintaining that balance, I would say. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think that's, that actually kind of like makes me think of another 
interesting topic. And I think that a lot of people, um, and that's just like, like the degree to which you do, you do things. I think that like, and especially with things like diet and like training, really, um, Mm -hmm. it's absolutely like people get so caught up in, you know, exactly what they eat. And sometimes your body like needs more calories or you need, um, an easier day or you need, uh, like, so yeah, trying to, trying to do what you think is best, you know, 80 or 90% of the time. And then that 10 or 20% of the time that you don't not beating yourself up because of it, which is almost even more important because like, so, okay. I'm going to throw that. this out here, Ryan. What is your favorite, like guilty food? Like you just like to plow. Like you're like, I need this today. I need to feel good about <laughs> like slam an X, like chocolate chip pancakes or <laughs> Man, I don't even know. I think it's food in general. It, like, <laughs> any, anything with chocolate really is like pff, delicious. But um, see, I'm like a salsa god. I love salsa and like tacos. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm more yeah. a salty. But guy. I'm just like, like man, when I'm salt. like having a hungry day, it, you could just put anything in front of me; it'll disappear. Well, that's always one of my earliest memories of you, like meeting you. I think it was like after we met at the world championship back in years ago and we got down at OCRWC and you're talking to Lindsay or something like, man, I'm just going to plow like five chocolate chip pancakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you totally. said something about like eating a whole like bag of chocolate chip, just chocolate chips. And you're just, so Oh happy. yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's, I think it's great. I think, you know, the biggest thing from all this is, you know, being honest with yourself, being focused on what you're doing, but at the same time being forgiving of, of, you know, off days or off moments and riding with it. And just Mm -hmm. living. Yeah. Like, I think, I think celebrate, like celebrate your victories and um, maybe mourn your defeats. But like after, what is it? They say after 24 hours, just like move on. And that like, that's not just racing. That's like your workouts and that's like a lot of things. So, yeah. You know, one of the biggest um, mantras that I've had in the past few years has been, there's no such thing as a loss as long as you learn something from it. Right. It's a lesson then. And totally. That's, uh, I don't know, that's kept me humble in a lot of situations. Well, well awesome. Yeah. Well, we are about coming up on our time. Um, I appreciate you. Leah, one last thing. One last thing. If you know, if Ryan can't hear me on his end, then let's ask the who has Ryan learned from, whether it be OCR athletes that he competes against or just Mm -hmm. people in general, where he learned from and who he, you know, kind of, you know, who's inspired him a bit. Okay, Ryan, did you hear Dennis or now? No, I can't hear anything. Okay. okay, that's so weird. So Dennis is asking. We finally figured it out. Of you know, of all the people, of all the different athletes, you know, who who has inspired you the most? Who have you learned from the most over the over the years? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I can answer. It's okay that. if it's your wife. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my dog. Just like, just like your dog's pretty rocking. Yeah. Just like running with him. He's just like, he just like, 
pushes hard and he's always just happy to be out and I think that like I can like learn a lot from just that um uh attitude and perspective I think that yeah I mean obviously John Albin's a rock star oh yeah um, <laughs> yeah Sundo's probably logged more miles yeah. than you know the vast majority of any OCR athlete out there any of our oh yeah this week. <laughs> totally <laughs> awesome all right. Awesome. Wow. I said, yeah. well, I guess we'll wrap that yep. up. We appreciate you guys coming together and talking with hey, us. Thanks, and, guys. Um, yeah, sweet. Know, we, we hope to awesome. have some more of these. And like I said, you know, like to get some, some open discussions going about, you know, any kind of topics in the sport. So if anybody's listening and you've got any ideas or people you want to hear from, you know, shoot us a message and let us know. Drop it out. Um, obviously cool. I'm sure everybody is already following you guys, but in case they're not, how can they follow you, contact you and all that? I know it's Ryan Atkins diet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I wasn't sure. If, I wasn't sure if Dennis was no, talking no, no. or not. No, yeah, that's Ryan Atkins diet on Instagram. And I'm usually pretty good at responding there. Perfect. So, yeah. And then Dennis. Yeah. I mean, on my end, just, DW Endurance Project or whatever, uh, hashtag DWEP, whatever you want to call it. But uh, us- usually it's basically uh, <laughs> uh, Leia posting something every single day uh, <laughs> that gets me most of my uh, you know, followers. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm doing my hey, part here. Hey, hey, marketing's marketing. You know, it's not, my, that's that's right. not my skill set, but you're good at it. There we go. I'll take it. Well, for- well guys, we thank you so much. Um, this this is great, and we're excited to see you guys out here in the field. Uh, Ryan, you're headed to Seattle here in a, I guess, a week here then. Yep, yeah, I'll be in Seattle. Awesome. Well, oh, well yeah. best of luck to you there, and we'll see you guys out there on the course. Thanks, guys. Cool. Bye-bye. See This has been the BroCR Supercast, powered by BroCR Media. A big thank you to all of our sponsors and viewers like you. Thank you.